All right, welcome to another episode of Old School Thoughts, and thank you for all that you do to make this podcast possible. I am Frank Goodman. And I am Dwayne. And Martha. And I am Dwayne Webb. Okay, so look, before we finish this episode, I'm going to have Dwayne talking louder. I, I'm just going to do it. I know he can do it because I have seen him down there with All About Fitness, and he can let it rip. So we're we, we in a new setting, everybody. I want everybody to know we are, in a, we are in a new setting. We are at the library, and normally when you're at the library, it is a quiet zone. But in this particular library, it is a non-quiet zone, so we get a chance to talk at our normal tone. So let's get this thing started. So are we all okay in this room? We are good to go. Good to go <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure our listeners know what is going on here. What are the dynamics? So look, we've invited Dwayne to come back. He's always welcome to come back. This is not his first ride on this rodeo show. And you know Martha being our co-host, we're going to step out into a conversation uh, that mm -hmm. Dwayne has placed on the table. Okay. And I'm looking forward to it because it is Me a good too. title. So before I go any further, I'm going to turn it over to Dwayne to kind of let him lay it out for us. Why did he want to talk about this topic and what is this topic? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So the topic that has been on my heart as I navigate business, as I navigate planning, as I navigate building relationships and building friendships here in the great city of Columbus, Georgia, and in the greater Chattahoochee Valley, is planning and lack of planning, two parts, planning and lack of planning in the African-American community, in the African-American business community, mm -hmm. to be specific. Mm -hmm. And provision for division in the midst of doubters and naysayers. So again, two parts, planning and lack of planning, specifically in the African-American business community, and vision, excuse me, provision for your vision in the midst of doubters and naysayers. Okay, so I don't want to move off or move forward beforehand, but you know, Martha and I have been talking about this topic and we've, we've talked about we're not merchants. You've heard me say that to mm -hmm. you before. Right. And then we've talked about also with the lack of planning, we, we're talking about we don't plan for 50 years and 100 years. Right. So I'm interested in what you're going to talk about and where this discussion might take us. Martha, do you have anything to say before we turn it over to Dwayne? No, you've covered it because we did cover it when we talked about we're not merchants. Mm -hmm. That was a three-pointer. And we really went into depth about what stops us from being successful. Mm -hmm. So, Dwayne, go ahead. Tell me what's on your mind. So one of the things that I was talking about as recently as two hours ago when I got off the plane, one of my good friends sent me a text and said they had to talk to me about something. They wanted to run something by me. And this person has a lot of ideals, has a lot of visions as far as business goes and has her hand in a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And as I was contemplating on how to answer what she asked, which was, how do I start? How do I get over their fear? How do I make that first step? Mm -hmm. How do I see what's around the next corner when even some people may be in my, my corner trying to talk me out of it? Mm 
mm-hmm. trying to present things that will discourage me. Mm. And one of the things that came to mind is once you figure out your purpose, and it's two different purposes, two roads you can go down, road A and road B. Both roads may lead you to the same destination, but road A is your identified purpose. You're being Frank, you're being Martha, you're being Dwayne. Road B is your God-given purpose. Mm -hmm. And you still have to seek out both of those purposes, but one is guaranteed to have provision. The other one is based on your own intellect, your own wit, your own skills, your own abilities. So when someone told me that when I was at the bottom of the bottom, trying to figure out why everything that I endeavored to do, thinking that it was what I was supposed to do, kept running into provision roadblocks. And provision doesn't have to be money. Mm-hmm. Provision can be intellect. Provision can be placement. Provision can be the people that you need, the volunteers that you need. Provision can be anything that gets you to the vision. Once I realized my God-given vision, and how it was different from the vision that I had for my life. There was no more disappointment, and there definitely was no more lack of provision because God promises to provide provision for division. Mm. So how do you deal with the lack of trust? You know, a lot of people, whether it's going through your taxes or whether it's going through sharing your information, right? Uh, how do you deal with this trust when, when you don't trust the people around you, when you trust that they might take the information and share it with someone else? That's a very delicate situation, and I have been burned on who I trusted, and I have been disappointed in some people that I've trusted. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, I don't know how you deal or each specific person or each person, I have an outgoing personality, I have an aggressive personality. Some of my business partners have more laid back personality, what some people would say is passive. What some people would view as taking their time, hesitant. So I say just pray for direction. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that I tend to do because I am aggressive, because I'm a A-type, because I'm a go-getter that my business partners may not want to go as fast or may not want to tempo to be as fast as I intend for it to go. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know how, to be honest, how do you deal with the ideal of mistrusting people around you except that you be careful about who you put yourself around, be careful about who you associate yourself with, be careful about who you partner with. Again, chase that God-given vision and don't chase money. Mm. I think when people start chasing money and fame and notoriety and attention and news, media clips, that things can get misconstrued and people that you should never trust, you become attracted to. Mm. But when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, that God-given vision, you're gonna run into those people that you can easily trust and that are supposed to be there for you. But when you get off that God-given vision, things get cloudy and you start mistrusting the right people and you start trusting the wrong people. Hmm. 
Moth, do you have anything? Yeah, I mean, as I listen, I'm thinking part of your God-given vision should be preparation and planning. Hmm. I think as I look at people who open businesses, often they are lacking in both of those areas. They don't have the knowledge of the business that they want to start, so they haven't done their due diligence, and they don't have a concrete plan that is not only short-term but long-term, and then they don't have the resources. So I think all of these things have to be in place for you to, to think of success in a business. I don't know if that makes sense, but you need to have knowledge of what you're going to sell or present. And I don't mean superficial knowledge. You need in-depth knowledge of it. Because if there comes a time when you're questioned about it, you need to be prepared to have an answer for those questions. So I think part of the problem that most people face is that they haven't done their proper due diligence. You're absolutely correct. Many people, and I've made this mistake in the past when as a young entrepreneur first job was selling watermelon believe it or not and then Mm -hmm. selling lemonades washing cars cutting grass I think many people rush to failure again they have these huge ambitions and there's nothing wrong with huge ambitions but if you don't plan if you don't immerse yourself in the industry that you're trying to break into you're rushing to fail. In the military, they used to tell us, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And I used to always wonder what that meant. But when you take your time, things become smooth. When you plan, take your time to plan, you cover those bases that you would not necessarily cover if you rushed to doing whatever you want to do. We live in such a microwave society and people approach business that way. There's are instances where people hit it rich, hit it big, find that niche in the market that seems to just take off. Crocs is an example, the shoes Crocs. Mm -hmm. No one would would have expected that those shoes would be selling off the shelves. A recent example, and coincidentally the same guy that is the marketing genius behind Crocs, are these cups that you can buy at Target. Target can't keep them on the shelves. The same guy that marketed the shoes Crocs has masterminded this cup. And this cup gained its notoriety because it was in a vehicle and the vehicle caught on fire and the only thing that was left after the vehicle was burned to a crisp was this cup. So now there's a rush on these NHL National Hockey League cups. I say all that to say this, people see that others find this one thing and it's the exact thing that the market needs and it seems like they're rich overnight or it seems like that NBA player is a millionaire overnight on the NBA draft day, but they don't know the planning and the preparation that went into it. Well, they also don't know that they've done their marketing. Right. You know, before they put a product out, the product, a sample of the product is marketed. They do their due diligence by going out and seeing how many people are going to be interested in what they're selling. We don't do that as African-Americans. We just come upon an idea and we say, this is a great idea. 
and it's going to fly because it's great. There's a lot that goes into marketing. And marketing is one of the reasons why there's a success rate, high success rate, with people who come up with new products. And I've been listening to both of you, but I think, you know, we need to also consider networking. And networking is part of that marketing. Networking is part of the planning. Networking is about collaboration. You know, networking, and, and I think that's where we, where our challenges come from. We can have the best plan. We can actually have a very good idea. I think part of our problem is we don't have the network of individuals. Mm. We desire to meet affluent people, but you don't normally find that network of affluent African-Americans to deal with. Right. Those in, individuals who are affluent within the African-American community are harder to reach than stumbling across an affluent white American or some other group of people. So, you know, I, what do you think about that? Why is that, you think? I, it puzzles me why that is because I grew up watching and I'm a business major undergrad and studying what we typically view as success. Mm -hmm. And success means something if we asked everybody in this library, you'll get a different answer mm -hmm. for what success means to them. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I always was told never pose a question, never answer a question with a question, but why are African Americans that are viewed as successful so hard to get in touch with and so hard to network with, so hard to connect with? I, that, that puzzles me, uh, Martha and, uh, and Frank. Mm -hmm. Well, I, from my business sense, I will say two things. Networking requires your ability to communicate effectively with someone on a higher level than yourself. African-Americans do not have good communication skills. Hmm. That's not a criticism, that's an observation. We are not comfortable talking to someone who is wealthy. Hmm. Entrepreneurs need to be able to talk to people of every caliber. Right. And that lack of ability to communicate effectively keeps us from reaching into the right realms. Well, you Society know, is based on a class structure, so we have to maintain that there is a class structure, and you need to be able to go past that structure. Well, you know, to add to what you're saying, one example, you know, Dwayne and I are both members of the Bill Foundation. Mm -hmm. And when we started, you had some members who were saying, or we give back to the community. And I remember writing in the minutes that we should stop saying that. We should stop saying that we give back to the community and we should use the word philanthropy or philanthropist. Right. Because in other groups, you will see on their resume and when they're introduced to speak or anything else, they always use philanthropy. 
if those true. individuals are giving back to the community or giving back, they use philanthropy. So, you know, based on what you're saying, and when you're saying things like we are not communicating properly, I think instead of it being a criticism that we don't communicate properly, we really need to understand and pay attention to what those affluent people, what words they use. So if they're saying philanthropy, then we need to learn how to use the word philanthropy. So I just want to streamline that because I don't want to send a message that we just don't know how to communicate, but I just think we don't have the experience or the opportunities to speak to people within our own group. We don't have the opportunity to speak to people within our own race. And, and, and let's make sure we understand. Don't think just because an African-American is affluent that they don't understand your language. Mm -hmm. They understand the language. Oh, yeah. Okay? They, sometimes they grow out of that language. They understand it, and they know but, what it is. But, some, sometimes, but sometimes yeah. they lose touch with how they help people as well. I'm not sure if they're losing touch, but they are fitting into a different economic strata. Right? They might be sitting in a different economic strata. They might be evaluating themselves in many different ways. Mm -hmm. But you also know when you got started. You know, it doesn't matter. You know how you got started. Well, and you know some of the challenges you had to deal with. So you have to expect that some other people don't know those challenges, and that is the reason why we have a word that's called mentoring. Mm. You mentor. You don't see that someone has a good idea and you don't mentor. That's well, education. It's twofold. it's twofold, Frank. You can mentor, but you also have to have a recipient that is understanding that they're being mentored and accepting the way in which they're being mentored. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we have resistance within ourselves that says, you can't tell me how to do something. That's true. And that resistance could be the very reason why you're not successful. Mm -hmm. That segues, excuse mm -hmm. me, that segues perfectly into the trust comment that Frank made earlier in this talk. I truly believe, and I've seen firsthand, that a lot of us, us being African Americans, number one, like Frank said, do not know how to properly network, do not know, like you said, how to properly plug into those resources. But on the flip side, we don't know how to be mentored. I, I see a lot of crab-in-the-bucket type mentality. Mm -hmm. Not only in Columbus, but mm -hmm. I, let's talk about Columbus. I've been here three years. Frank's been here longer than me. Mm -hmm. Instead of working together to build, working together to be a community asset, we're working with our, within our own little sphere and not networking, not partnering, not allowing ourselves to be mentored and it's only, just like you said, Ms. Martha, so far we can go to the point where we don't even connect or relate to those that look like us that are in that different strata, like you just said. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't always the case, Dwayne. The Civil Rights Movement put people who were in different stratas together because they had one common goal, 
the problem I see is we don't have a common goal that's pushing us to work together. Wow. I mean, I could be wrong. You're younger. You can tell me if I'm wrong. But I don't see a common goal. I see multiple goals. I see people that are chasing 20 or 25 different agendas. That's right. And everybody's trying to suck from the same resource space. So if you're trying to chase that many different agendas, how can you be successful? You're absolutely correct. We don't, as a people, you know, I think hard about these things. And I, I look at history like... Frank does. I'm a student of history. Right. And right now, there is no common driver or force that is pushing us to be together. Not even racism, not even white supremacy is bringing us together. I see African Americans protecting and arguing for someone who is clearly a white supremacist. And I'm thinking, what if you were arguing for someone who is pro-African-American? We have to have something common. When you share something in common, then you can respect and shake hands and mentor and succeed. You know, when we were coming up during the 60s, 70s, we were led by ancestors who were still uh, connected to those who were re- that lived during Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. And we were not only fighting for human rights, but we were also fighting for identity. Yeah. Because we were struggling for an identity you know, James Brown was very good at giving us an identity. You know, he would write his songs and say, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. He would say things like, you don't have to give me anything, just open up the door, I get it myself. He was he was giving us terms and phrases to use. But it was clear that we didn't have an identity. We were fighting for an identity. So even though we were dealing with segregation in certain areas, we were fighting for the right to vote. We were fighting for those rights to be things. We had the opportunity to say, this is our focus. Mm -hmm. We are fighting for those same things today. It's just because it is not as explicit. Not only younger people, but older people are not recognizing that we have the same goals to focus on. We have more maneuverability to do other things than what we were able to do. We're able to go into different communities. We're able to go into different restaurants. We're able to go anywhere we want to go just about. And we look at everything as an isolated incident instead of looking at the fact that we are still dealing with those issues. So isolation is part of the problem too. So we're we're kind of getting to this point where 
I know that this is going to have to be a second oh, yeah. episode. I'm loving this conversation. So <laughs> I'm going to let Martha, I'm going to let you close us out. Dwayne, before we do that, though, Dwayne, you have a last-minute statement to make. One thing that I mentioned when we opened up this podcast, which is going to continue because this conversation has very, very, very deep significance in the African-American community, is what someone told me and I have repeated in the last 30 days twice, as recently as today. What do you do to plan for success? Don't chase money, chase God. Ask God what is your God-given purpose, not your Frank-given purpose, not your Martha-given purpose, not your Dwayne-given purpose. Money and subsequently success will then chase you if you change your chase from chasing God, excuse me, from chasing money to chasing God. I can say I'm 43 years old and I truly did not learn the significance of what I just said until a few years ago. Those are my last words. Okay, Martha, would you please close us out? Dwayne, thank you for joining us. Thank you for those words of wisdom, because they really were words of wisdom. To our listeners, as always, we're going to say thank you for joining us and listening to us. We hope that you continue. And we're going to say to you, we love you. We love you. Absolutely. Love y'all, too. Love Love y'all, too. Love you, too, Miss Martha. Love you, Frank. Love you, listeners. Oh, yes. And we're always going to tell you to be good. And be Be good. Be good.